Hey, I'm Joe Exotic. I love to party and have fun. I've had my days of meth, and I like to play with guns. I fell in love with straight guys. I said, Will you ain't that straight? They would come and rub them balls in my face. They were like golden nuggets to that boy. Carol Baskin, you killed your husband and you fed him to the tigers. That woman's just obsessed with me. There weren't no murder for hire. I consider that bitch to be one of the biggest terrorists. They've awoken a monster and a Joe Exotic's pissed. I'm gonna make an honest woman out of that bitch. What the hell is that? Yes, my name is Brian. What would you say you do here? Stone on air. I'm so happy I could die. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy I could die right now. So happy. I'm so happy since you left me. I could die because I'm so and just kill me now. Welcome in, everybody. It is the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. Coming a day late than I planned on this week. Wanted to hit right on the midweek at tax time, April 15th. I was going to do a whole long segment on that. I've done that in the past over at the old talk station, especially on the Let's Talk Money show. And I was going to kind of stretch out and do that on that day, which would have just been yesterday, that today is the 16th. And uh, then once again, blindsided by this time Mother Nature and kind of shifted the whole course of the way that the show is going to go today. Um, birthday was on Friday. Of course, if you listened last week, you know that I spent kind of the whole <laughs> the whole show kind of throwing a pity party for myself for it being the hashtag worst birthday ever. But in the end, it turned out to be certainly not best birthday ever. Um, no, uh, no confusion there. It, certainly not. But maybe the most unexpectedly pleasant birthday day ever. And what do I mean by birthday? Day, well, I mean, a lot of us, especially younger people, but I'm, and and and, and women seem to do it a lot too. But I am the the worst, probably maybe the the, the world's worst of a middle aged man who doesn't just celebrate a birthday, sometimes a birth week, occasionally a birth month, um, you know, a long stretch where I turn every portion of April into my birthday. Little little excessive. A little douchebaggery, really, to be honest with you. But hell, hey, man, whatever it takes to get your jollies in life. I only have a small stretch of every year that I really enjoy. And so when I say birthday day, well, I don't remember every April 10th. I don't remember every birthday day. I remember some of them. A handful of them are incredible. That's why this one wasn't the best ever. But it was a very, very, very nice birthday Day. Me and my girlfriend Brittany went up to Manchester and went trespassing. Now, I've done this before in the past. It is not uh, technically something that I should be overly proud of, ex- meaning breaking the law, which is by in every uh, in every realistic interpretation of what we were doing is that's what it was. The reason that I don't spend a lot of time um, being overly concerned about that and publicly put it out there is because I'm very respectful. 
and I always wear my Bonnaroo gear. I wear my Bonnaroo staff shirts and my Bonnaroo hat. Now, that doesn't mean anything. But if you walk around acting like you own the place, a lot of times people are going to treat you like you own the place. And I've been on the property in the off-season when there have been uh, workers there, when there have been people on site who either left me alone or one time came up and you know kind of asked me what's up, and I just said, hey, man, I'm here uh, shooting some uh, shots for the off-season for the website. Won't be out of here very long. Be out of your way in no time. And they're like, gotcha, man. Take care. Yeah, see you later, bro. Something like that. You know, I don't expect that kind of thing to happen all the time. It's probably just some part-time kid who was just, you know, cutting grass or something who was told to go see who that guy is over there. But um, I know how to get in on the farm without damaging anything. I know the back entrances and how, you know, I, I know the property like the back of my hand, as they say. And so we went. It was gorgeous. 60 degrees out, bright sunshine. And just went and took pictures and uh, did some some social media stories and just really felt good. You know, really, really felt good. Drove up there. Uh, I brought a drink with me. Uh, she drove, we brought her car. I drove on the way up there because I just wanted to, I want to take the back entrance. When you get at the top of Mont Eagle, you can snake down the, the side of the mountain that most people don't know about. I mean, if you have a map and know what Highway 41 is, I guess you do. But did that just for nostalgia's sake. And then I had me a gin and tonic in my Yeti and the cooler in the back. And then on the way back, cranked uh, some music and uh, rolled the windows down and drank a gin and tonic on the way back about 4.30 in the afternoon. Went and had dinner at my mom's house out in East Brainerd. And it was a very, very nice birthday day. Now, everything leading up to birthday day and everything since birthday day has been continuing to absolutely suck. And um, I'll talk some about the storms here, some failures of local radio stations. Y'all know I love to do this. I love to hate. I don't make up reasons to hate. These crappy radio stations and crappy clusters and radio companies in this city make it so easy. And there were some major failures on the night of the tornadoes coming through and how devastating that was will be a, a large portion of this first segment. Let's take a look at a couple other things before I get to the exact uh, layout menu of the show, if you will. Uh, I was ecstatic. I was so happy to see. it was. Uh, I watched it in its entirety when I was staying at a hotel room the other night when I had no power for two days here in Eastridge. Uh, Joe Biden doing his video with uh, his special guest, quote-unquote, which was Bernie. And, you know, Bernie kind of looked like there was somebody on the other side of the camera with a gun to his head <laughs> a little bit. But it was it was it it swelled my heart to a certain degree Two men that I really, really love. And I know have different ideological overall, you know, standpoints in life to see them come together and do that endorsement made me very happy. Shortly after that, uh, the kook Elizabeth Warren jumps on, and um, I'm happy I'll take her endorsement as well. But it got me thinking, imagine if this happened. Imagine if this happened before or right around South Carolina. Or let's say before South Carolina or immediately after South Carolina. This election this year would have been such a mess who knows what November would have ended up being like because who knows what kind of actual campaigns would have happened. And you can do that with anything. What happened if a month before that, the Super Bowl might not have even been played. This is a bizarre, bizarre time uh, that we live in. On the front end there, that was uh, Lutzko, Nick Lutzko's latest little uh, video about the Tiger King. I, 
it's one of those, I don't know what the hell I'm listening to. <laughs> He's dressed up as him in the video he plays. It's just, it's. I know it's brilliant. I can't explain to you why it's brilliant. I just know that it is. Uh, let's see. New TV show of the week. I have picked up The Hands Made Tale from Hulu. The uh, Pe- Peggy from uh, Mad Men is the best way I know how to tell you who she is. I don't know her real name. She is the main character. It is uh, based in present day time with uh, the United States taking over with totalitarian- totalitarianism. Excuse me. And I am fascinated by that kind of uh, subject matter. Post-World War II, totalitarian rule over, especially over once, uh, free democracies, I think is a very fascinating subject matter. And I guess one of the reasons I am so interested in it is because the average asshole American walking around doesn't really know any real difference between socialism, communism, and totalitarianism. I mean, they're all three very different things. And, you know, socialism isn't communism, but even if it is, that's not based on the root definition of what the words are. It's not all that bad. Totalitarian rule is what's to be terrified of. Totalitarian government is brutal, barbaric, sadistic, you know, savage rule. And uh, that is terrifying stuff. And I guess that's why it fascinates me. Last thing before the uh, table of contents, if you will, Facebook now, you can just tell how bored everybody is. Somehow, someway, the posting of your senior picture from high school is is some kind of solidarity amongst the seniors of 2020, the class of 2020, that isn't getting to experience the same things that most high school seniors get to experience. I'm having trouble understanding that. I mean, if you want to post your high school picture, go right ahead. I don't, I don't have any concerns or cares about that. But how is this somehow rallying around the current day senior who doesn't get to participate in these things? It's nothing more than just an attention grabbing uh, and overall just we're so bored, mildly entertaining thing online. I'm, I'm having trouble finding the correlation between the class of 2020 and all of our senior class pictures. Uh, and and also, too, why the kids, wh- wh- what are we so sad about? What are they so sad about? If, if you told me in 1998 when I was a high school senior that we were going to be able to shut things down about three months early and you don't have to wait until May or June to get the hell out of this hell hole that is high school, you can just go ahead and do it and let's say, oh, I don't know, March? Hell, I'd be throwing a goddamn party. <laughs> I mean, that would be the best news I ever got. Oh, you didn't get to go to the prom or to the banquet dinner. Who the hell cares? School's out for the summer. Get me the hell out of here. I'm done. So I I, I don't know. Maybe that's an indictment on uh, me. Okay, let's get on with it. I'll be talking about the failures of local radio and the overall tornadoes that came through and just destroyed East Brainerd here in the second half of this first segment. Though, coming up in the final segment of the show, a lot of bit of foolishness of audio today, which I uh, would like to do every week if I had enough of it because it's fun. And in a situation we're in like right now, just having stuff to kind of smirk at, I think, is a, is a good idea. So, let's see. It'll be uh, this audio from a, I don't know if it's a comedy group or what exactly it is, but it's mainly a female. I don't even have her name, but it's called Feeling Peckish, and it is... Four months into the future, talking to herself in January. 
You might can see where that might be going. Found that on uh, on Twitter or Facebook one. Uh, quarantine talk all the way around. And you know I talk about the here's what I heard guy. Well, there's a new one. Same, int- same end result. Same stupid assholes. It's just a new phrasing that I've noticed recently that is driving me nuts. And the second segment of the show, my guy Brent uh, Ter. Terhoon, still don't know how the hell I'm saying his name. Found some more audio from him. I'm gonna play just for the fun of it. And uh, I did have that overall tax day kind of you know, overview. I was gonna do be a little bit serious, nah, not as much. Just kind of talk about how vulnerable the economy really is to a certain degree. Without a lot of uh, a lot of in depth thoughts or points on that. Just kind of an overview of where we're at. And I still don't have my stimulus money. And what happens when I do? And what happens after that? Coming up in the second segment of the show. But we will start things off today with the storm from this past weekend. And the media, I'm having more and more trouble defending as we get into the second decade of this century. Because of internet and social media, every dumb asshole walking around thinks that they've got something to say. And anybody could say the same thing about me, that I'm just lumped right into that dumb asshole who's got something to say. I get that. That's not lost on me. But I am having trouble apologizing for the media. But I still do think it's a very, very important thing, talking about totalitarianism a minute ago. You know, propaganda is what makes totalitarian government fuel, makes it run, makes it uh, makes it possible. So I think having a free press is just as important as any other of the Bill of Rights that we have, and more specifically, radio, because I've been in love with it since I was, you know, 18, 19 years old. But when we talk about things that are essential, once upon a time, radio was the most essential form of communication across countries, across states, across the world. And the uh, FCC was created in the neighborhood of uh, the first 20 years of the uh, of the 20th century. I don't know, 1920, 19, 1915, 1925, somewhere in there, and really started to regulate the airwaves. Pretty really after World War II, to try to make sure that there was uh, there weren't monopolies on communication and. Um, and that radio stations and television stations eventually, but primarily at first radio stations, they had to uh, they had to adhere to very strict standards, and they had to they had to serve the public. I mean, quite literally, a public service was radio transmission, AM at that time, and then eventually FM. It was originally created in the 30s, 40s, but didn't take hold till probably about the 60s. Either way, the Federal Communications Commission was there to make sure that things were fair and balanced across the board when it came to this transmission of of thoughts, of words, of songs. I remember growing up thinking, you know, why why does French TV and and uh, the BBC and other uh, broadcast outlets across the world don't have all these restrictions on language and what you can and can't show visually. It's because they didn't have a Federal Communications Commission in those areas, other side of the world, for whatever reason. That's not important to this conversation right now, but we have always had a tight uh, grip on that here in America. And it used to be very strict to try to get your license renewed. If you were on the air as a broadcaster, you had to pass 
certain kind of FCC guidelines and tests to, to even be able to talk into a microphone that others might hear. Meaning that the, the broadcast airwaves are a very, very important part of all of our lives here in America, and it should be taken seriously and handled professionally and correctly, and it's changed over the years generationally, but that importance to serve the public has always still been there, and even uh, of us that think the SEC is outdated and wasting time, and who gives a damn if you say, you know, shit on the air or not, you know, things, those kinds of things are ridiculous, the idea that a radio station, especially with a huge wattage, the flagship of any radio cluster is not important. Most of us in the industry realize that they very much are important and they serve a very, very specific role at certain times, especially in crisis. Okay, so now I have walked a mile to go five feet. What's my point? Many radio stations failed us terribly on the night of April 12th, just the other day as tornadoes ripped through East Brainerd and other areas in the listening area. So I'll give you a rundown of my night on that Sunday, and I knew that weather was in the forecast, so I was going to keep an eye on it. I was working on this podcast on Sunday because I didn't have anything else to do, and as the first wave of the storms came through, which we were watching and tracking all afternoon and into the evening, only one radio station here in town had live continuous coverage, and that was US 101, and they have a news partnership with WRCB, and they just plug in, you know, they simulcast a television station onto the radio, which was fantastic. So I'm sitting in the in the garage in my quote-unquote studio with the radio on and then just scanning around, 92.3, nothing, 96.5, nothing, KZ10 sucks, KZ106, nothing. These are the 100,000-watt radio stations in the city. Those are the four we have for sure. I don't remember if uh, Power 94 is 100 or not. I don't think it is. It's still a very strong signal, Brewer Broadcasting's flagship, but Power 94 didn't have any continuous weather coverage of any kind either. Now, that was earlier, around maybe 9.30 or 10, something like that. Knew another wave was coming. I started hitting up social media saying, hey, uh, radio stations in Chattanooga, if you have a news partnership, why are you not simulcasting right now? And I don't know if that fueled some stations to realize that they had dropped the ball on this one or fallen asleep on this one and not paid attention. I'd like to think that's why. Can't be sure. I'll just tell you, though, that once the second round came through, Sunny 92 and, and Hits 96 had flipped over simulcasting to their partner, News Channel 9. So they eventually did, not initially, and US 101 did all night long. Now, these 100,000-watt signals, if, you, if, that, if that might not mean anything to you. Okay, what's, what's a 100,000-watt signal? It's the strongest signal you can have in radio broadcasting. It is, it is more than most areas, especially like Chattanooga, Tennessee, even needs. We're fine. 50,000 is plenty good. But 100,000 is going to get you countless counties, and in this area, KZ, at least I know for sure, hits four states, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina, and a lot of rural areas that don't have high-speed internet. And at times, recently, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, didn't have internet at all. And it is very important that these radio stations serve the public. So the programming of these radio stations, what you are expecting to hear on a regular basis, is so irrelevant, matters so absolutely none at all, 
that if you have a way to simulcast news and weather information and you don't, that is a detriment to your listeners. That is a detriment to the public, and it should it, it should be some kind of a finable offense you know, from the FCC, as much as I hate them. But right around 11 o'clock on that Sunday night, the 12th, was actually about to sit down and watch an episode of Hands Made Tale and looked outside and saw that lightning, right? Have you seen that before when those crazy storms about to come in? It's not just lightning strikes. It's just so much lightning popping that the sky looks like it's lighting up. It's eerie, scary. Like, okay, hold on. Something might be about to go down. And then, boom, power, gone. Wind, lightning, rain, picks up heavily. I have no power. I have no internet, uh, clearly. I have no data on my phone. Verizon immediately went down. It must have, uh, Something must have hit a tower here locally. There was nothing, nothing to, to, to let me know what was happening. All the devastation that was going on in East Brainerd, I didn't know about at the time because I didn't have anything but a, a, an empty house with no lights and kids freaking out and, you know, me freaking out, girlfriend, everybody freaking out. And I've, so I'm in the garage with a flashlight, and I realize, oh, hell yes, I've got this battery pack, this Halo pack. It's fantastic. It's got a, a, a wall unit plug-in on the side of it. You can probably run a radio or a, you know, a, a box fan or something like that on it for maybe a, an hour or two. You know, it's just enough for good for charging phones and for small appliances. And I plugged my radio up here in the garage and went back to US 101, and they still got Paul Barris and WRCB. And I, then that's when I checked Sunny 92 and hits 96 they also did have their news partners going and so i was happy at least at at that point that that was going down but guess who didn't have anything going on all night long the tennessee broadcasters hall of fame's legendary station of the year kz 106 i mean excuse me kz 106 all night long Rolling with a regular jukebox of the same old bullshit playlist that they've had for 30 years. They don't have anybody on the air. And the reason why they don't is because they budget cut out news partnerships while I was still working there. There is no news partnership. So at a time when four states were feeling the potential wrath of this tornado, KZ-106 just continued to play Molly Hatchet, Led Zeppelin, REO Speedwagon, and whatever other garbage 70s or 80s rock music while people died within their listening area. And not to mention just the listening area right here in the heart of Chattanooga, Tennessee, East Brainerd, where I grew up. Neighborhoods I spent time in, gone, dust, splintered, nothing. And that's not just about East Brainerd. It's also about Jasper. It's about Hailtown. It's about Ducktown. It's about Murphy, Tennessee. It's about Chatsworth, Georgia. It's about Trenton, Alabama. That's the signal strength. And that's just that. I mean, that's just the the areas we know of. Sand Mountain and anywhere else across the listening area of this huge 100,000-watt station, the quote-unquote legendary station of the year run by Scott Chase and that just absolutely disgustingly ridiculous outfit that is Cumulus Chattanooga, who should all be absolutely ashamed of themselves. And then the next day, they're on the air, I'm sure. I don't know. I didn't listen, but I I already know these frauds. Oh, here to help. Here to gather water. Here to be the station that takes care. You're bullshit. Bullshit, every one of you. It's just disgusting. And it's not about 
every radio station in the town making sure to have coverage. So that's not possible. This is about the 100,000-watt signals and the clusters in their management and what they find to be important and what they should spend their resources and time on. All this didn't happen at 4 o'clock in the morning and nobody really saw it coming. This was building all day long, and first the first round of storms hit around 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And the people who run Cumulus Chattanooga don't give a bleep about public service. All they care about is budget cutting out until they can all keep their jobs and maybe, just maybe, make it to retirement. It is pathetic. It is embarrassing. And anybody involved with that radio cluster should be ashamed of themselves. So really the only winner here is US 101, who is on with uh, simulcasting most of the night. The uh, other 200,000-watt sticks over my old company, my most recent old company, after getting kind of bullied into it by, again, like to think me, they eventually did come on board. So thank you. Good job. At least you were on during the most important parts. And KZ 106 sucks. Just sitting over there playing uh, ELO into Allman Brothers Band into uh, sticks while people were dying in their listening area. Good job, legendary radio station of the year. Have those stimulus checks come to your mail or into your bank account yet? And if they did, what does that matter? And it is tax day, or at least it was yesterday. Get to that. Coming up next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for our listeners. Stoneonair.com. Is today tax day? That's right. It is the 15th. Two dreaded words this time of year. Tax time. It is tax day today. Maybe you're holding your nose while finishing up your taxes. Tax season officially begins. Ugh. Tax season. Tax season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy tax day, everybody. That's sarcasm, of course. Sir, uh, why did you wait until the last minute to pay your taxes? Because I'm an idiot. Happy? It's a write-off for them. How is it a write-off? They just write it off. (laughs) Write it off what? Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. You don't even know what a write-off is, do you? No, I don't. (laughs) But they do. And they're the ones writing it off. We will find you from the <laughs> I had a whole plan for this segment that I hadn't even thought about streets. since, like, Friday or Saturday. And we will fight you but I thought this song would work perfect. You cannot take what isn't yours. Cracker, pitchforks, and, and torches. your goons and lawyers. And we will fight your pink. Curtains, and we will fight your bot off Congressman, you cannot take what isn't yours. Such a great song. So da 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 the excitement that the average numbnut has about getting money back every April 15th or at least, you know, the beginning of every new year. Oh, it's W-2 time. I'm so excited. I got a W-2. And um, I had, you know, over the course of the weekend with the tornadoes and all these other things happening, it made me kind of lose focus of that. But I did find another clip from my guy Brent Terhoon or whatever the hell his name is about the stimulus checks and I'm going to get to here in just a minute 
and um, just talk about overall what what happens next, right? We just we're getting some money, okay? I, we're we're getting money. Uh, all right, that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna take it. If you're going to send me money, I am going to take it, right? And never in any situation, never in any kind of bizarre world land, if I'm sitting somewhere where someone says, here's some money, take it, unless I know I'm having to trade my soul or something that I, you know, that, that I'm against or, you know, whatever. If it's just, here's some money, take it, I'm going to take it. And I have not seen my money in my account yet, but... It doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, I it's going to help. But what happens after that? I mean, I would made the joke, or I didn't make the joke, but I played the joke from Lewis Black last week or the week before about the tax rebates back in 05 or 3 or 7 or 6, whenever the hell it was. Here's 300 bucks. You know, have a nice week. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with 300 bucks? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, thumb my nose at $1,200. But what am I going to do with $1,200 other than pay a month's worth of bills? And that's it. Then what? You know, we're going on month two of this, and then there'll be a month three. And, you know, I'm not broke completely. That $1,200 covers basically a little bit more than the radio station check that I just stopped getting about two weeks ago. So I hate to say that $1,200 doesn't mean a whole lot to me, but... It really doesn't. One of the things that is really is not shocking to me at all. It's not even kind of surprising. But one of the things I think that is is telling as as anything can be is that all it took was about a month of 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 revenue and and paychecks not coming in anymore for a large percentage of our population to create complete panic complete spiraling out of control worry and panic and that in itself is enough to worry and panic me in a whole nother way the paycheck to paycheck week to week nature that is the really in a lot of ways backbone of the country of the economic uh, status every day is dangerously fragile, dangerously flimsy. And I'm afraid that it's beca- uh, causing a lot of apathy and a lot of you know, social media-driven anger that is just fueling a lot of the political nature of all this. We shouldn't be politicizing all this stuff, as you know, I've said in the past. That's all anybody ever does. It's, it's scary. It's, it really is scary because I'm, I'm not like, you know super well-to-do guy, but I'm not paycheck-to-paycheck guy for now. <laughs> I mean, for now. Give you know, Get back to me in six, eight months, and maybe I will be, you know? Sometimes things are out of your control. Sometimes you cannot outspend your mistakes, and I can't make any promises that uh, to myself that long-term I'm going to be good. I've lost so much money in the stock market in the last however long, as likely you have as well. What do you do? How do you handle this? Where do we go from here? I don't know. I mean, do we keep borrowing more trillions and trillions to send $1,200 checks? That doesn't sound like a real good idea for the economy overall. But what happens in August if I start running out of money and I need $1,200? Let's 
put that on hold. Let's stop being serious for a minute, and let's play my guy, Brent. Again, I'm just going to call the dude Brent. It's T-R-T-E-R-H-U-N-E. Terune? Terhune? Terhune? Anyway, here's what he did with his stimulus check. So I seen on Fox News everybody sitting around waiting on their stimulus check, and I got some good news because I got fully stimulated today. I'm rich. And I'm going to be poor no matter how much money I make. But for today, I'm rich. You can't tell me nothing when I got these Donnie dollars, when I got these Trump bucks, because I I got the spot right on the wall right here. I'm going to get the check framed as soon as I get it back from the check cash in place. Because I don't know if you knew this, but Mr. Trump, he hand signed every one of these checks. My president and still your president. I know it hurts you to say that. It makes me feel good. He hand signed... Every one of these checks, and you know how they had to look like them big novelty checks because his hands are so small, but I digest. This is for all you Democrats. Let me say something to you because you're all messaging me. Why don't you give the money back if you don't like socialism? But I don't I don't even know what that is. That's just a buzzword I throw around because I heard it on Fox News and memes. As far as I'm concerned, you can take your socialism and stick it up Bernie Sanders' ass because I'm a Trump guy right here. He provided for me and my family. And let me show you what he gave me and my family during these tough times right here. Look at this. You see that? That's 70 inches right there. Nothing but Donald J. <coughs> Brenda, I told you to keep the baby down. Now, I'm trying to cut a tape in here. I know we're low on formula. I told you we can't afford it right now. But this is 70 inches of Donald J. Trump 4K. You can see all the spray tan molecules. And all the hairspray molecules. He's, I think he's got a little Adderall powder right there on his nose. And this is all because of Mr. Trump. He provided for me and my family. Sure, he downplayed this thing from the start. And that's probably why we all had to stay indoors and not be able to work. But without him, I wouldn't have been able to afford this TV. And I got it all planned out. I'm watching Tiger King again. I'm watching WWE, some essential workers. And, of course, I'm tuning in daily to the uh, gaslighting conferences <laughs> so today, I'm raising the emotional support beer to you, Mr. Trump, for coming through and providing for fellow Americans, even when they're ungrateful about it. So, as always, <coughs> Brenda, I told you to keep the baby quiet. <laughs> Such good no, stuff. I'm trying to cut- Such good stuff. I love it so much. As I mentioned, I didn't really even know what I was going to do with this segment, uh, this go-around, because I had a whole different mindset and thought process about four days ago on doing this one. So I'll just put the wraps on it right there. Continuing to kind of poke fun and have a, a, a little bit of jest here as, I mean, I guess, why the hell not? I, I don't know. Coming up next, a variation of a Rage Against the Machine song, Killing in the Name. It is Chilling in the Name. I'll get that coming up next. These gloves, masks, and all these safety precautions, how silly some look when they do it completely wrong. And it is so weird to just feel scared of everybody. We'll get to that to wrap up the show next. This is the Stone On Air podcast. My name is Brian Stone, and I will be right back. More of Stone On Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. All right, here it is, a parody of Killing in the Name of from Rage Against the Machine at Nation of Jake is who made Chilling in the Name of. This is the Stone on Air podcast. Bring those chips in. Yeah, the 
So good. Some of those who own houses should remain on their couches. Some of those that rent houses should remain on their couches. Some of those in townhouses should remain on their couches. Some of those without couches should go out and buy couches. It's only about another minute. Chilling in the name of. You should do what they told you. And you should do what they told you. Now you're staying at home. And you should do what they told you. You can play on your phone. And you should do what they told you. You can watch Biodome. Watching Biodome. And you should do what they told you. Stay inside. Till this subsides. Don't go to a bar. Get on a flight. And if you decide. I love it. Salads and scrambled eggs. They're going again. They're calling again. Eggs all over my face. Scrambled eggs. Watching uh, Frazier (laughs) chilling in the name of at Nation of Jake is where you can find uh that original recording the um the video on Twitter I cannot remember I know I've been following that uh account for a while I don't know if it's Nashville based or Atlanta based but when I saw that I was like okay that is absolutely going to be a part of the show I have one more little stupid thing I am going to play as I mentioned in the front end from feeling peckish it's about three minutes long it's the April person in the future talking to herself uh, in the past in January. It's better, even kind of like that one was, it's better with video, but it's fine with audio as well. Get to that here in just a minute. Overall, quarantine is still what it is. It's an absolute drag. I made up every excuse I could to go hang out at a buddy's house for about an hour and a half and just drink some beers in the living room, six feet apart. Um, I do take all this seriously. I'm not trying to be flippant about it, but goddamn, man, I just can't sit here every single day, all day, the rest of my life without at least trying to mix in a little something. But here's what I am noticing, for, not from just afar, from right there on the uh, everyday you know, interact interaction with people kind of uh, front line, because... Well, I'm kind of there. Not maybe not on the front line, but on the back line. I still go to my day job every day. Miller Coors beer distributors here in town. It's been my day job for going on 20 years, and we are essential because we are distributors. We're suppliers to to the grocery stores, to the Dollar Generals, to the gas stations, to those kinds of things. And I come in contact with 17 to 25 ish people a day who have come in contact with 17 to 25-ish people every handful of hours, which means I come in contact with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in a certain, you know, kind of, sort of, 
way if you want to look at it that way. Am I am I doing something wrong? Or are, are my guys out there working and bringing their stuff to me every day out there delivering beer? Are they doing anything wrong? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. But it just depends on who you ask. It's a weird place that we're living right now because we're all scared as bleep of everybody. I I go to the grocery store and I like I don't want to walk over there because I'm afraid somebody's gonna think I'm being an asshole because I want to walk and you know grab a pound of ground beef or something. It's just we're scared of our own shadows. It and and it's just the flu. <laughs> to me, it's still it is still just kind of the flu. But I know it's more I know it's more complicated than that. I absolutely do. But here's what I'm really finding to be just absolutely absurd. From the masks and the glove wearing stuff, right? I get the mask that's going to keep anything from leaving your mouth to go airborne and potentially be dangerous to someone else and keep it inside there. It's going to keep out anything that might be airborne from anybody else. That part I get. I understand. What I don't get are the numbnuts when I'm driving around and I look over and I see somebody wearing one in their car. Right? They're driving down the road with a mask on like they're doing something important. They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. And here's the worst part of it all that I I just I, I'm watching everybody every day, people I respect, people I like, people are just trying to follow the guidelines, quote unquote, the rules, quote unquote, is the nature of the latex gloves or any kind of protective gloves that you're using, but primary primarily the latex gloves. What are you doing with the gloves? Why are you wearing the gloves? I can make an argument that the latex gloves are making people psychologically believe that they don't have to wash their hands because they have gloves on, making their gloves that much more contaminated throughout the day. Oh, I don't wash my hands. I've got gloves on. Oh, yeah, you have coronavirus COVID-19 riddled gloves on. Thanks for helping out, bro. I mean, think about it. Gloves aren't disinfectants. They can gather just as much germs and contaminants as, as your hands or anything else can. It's just, God, Jesus, Lord, come on, man, woman. Let's be safe. Let's be clean. Let's be sanitary. But let's let's not be lunatics here. Oh, hey, I'm wearing gloves all day. I'm safe. No, you're not. You might actually be even more contagious. And that's all I got right now on that. I don't want to talk about that any more than I have to. Let's get to the final piece of audio of the day. It is from, I mentioned it already twice, so I'm not even going to look it up to see what it was again. It is some comedy wannabe. It's not that funny, but it's worth doing. This is four months in the future self talking to back in January in the past self, not being able to be specific about what the problems are in America right now, but at least giving herself an idea. And then we'll wrap up the show coming up next. Oh, whoa. Who are you? I'm Julie from four months in the future. Are you here to tell me what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of the, the butterfly effect, I can only really give you, um, some loose details, but we'll go through the basics. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, do you want the good news or the b- bad news? Oh, um, good, good news? Yeah, oh, yeah. great choice. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, so, things have never been better for climate change. Oh, that's great. Dolphins in the Venice canals. Really? I know, I know. Well, it's, I, I, I mean, I saw it on Facebook. I don't know if it's a real thing. My aunt posted it, but it seems pretty legit. Oh. 
Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's incredible. You know, especially given the Australian wildfires. The what? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, those are pretty, like, I think those are going to be the defining feature of 2020. Yeah, you'd think. Oh, no? Not even a little bit. Really? Because they're they're a pretty big deal. Yeah, your definition of a pretty big deal is going to change, for sure. Wow. Okay, so what is the bad news, then? You are going to want to pull all your investments. What? Yeah. Just, yeah, get everything out of the stock market. Oh, Oh, it's a recession. You know what? Put a little money in Zoom. Isn't that a conferencing app? Yes, trust me. Okay. While we're being proactive here, actually, if you could just do a Costco run real quick. That's going to save you a lot of hassle. Costco. Do you have any hobbies? You know, just something to something to keep you busy. Um, I no, not really. You should get a dog. I want a dog. You know, I want a dog. I just they're 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 a lot of work, and you've got to walk. You got to go outside with them twice a day. Right. The walks are gonna be clutch. Right. But I mean, I have to leave them because I have so much travel coming up. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, I travel for work. Oh, you won't be working. But how do I afford stuff? What the hell is gonna happen? Look, I know it all sounds scary, but it's really not that bad, you know. For you, right? I mean, for some people, it's it's not. But for you, it's it's really not bad. Um, I I would uh, you know, would you rather be in a busy shopping mall or at home on the couch watching Netflix? The couch, exactly. You're gonna be just fine. Okay. What do you know about the world of big cats? Now, of course, I guess that is referring to Tiger King, Queen, uh, Joe Exotic, whatever the hell it is. So um, it 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 does seem a little. Uh, what's the right word? I always forget what the right word is here. Uh, we'll just say interesting that in a world in the United States of America where we live like kings and queens and we can watch all the TV we want, we can eat all the ice cream and drink all the booze and all the salty, fatty, crappy foods and not get out and do anything, you know, run around in the yard or do any kind of exercise. We can just, we can do whatever the hell we want, but we're miserable. (laughs) We're miserable. You can do whatever you want within the American dream that is your home And you can just stockpile and eat and gorge and drink and whatever. And we're all miserable. It is... uh it is an interesting time. All right, I'm going to put the wraps on the show right there. Thank you so much for finding the show at Stone on Air on all social media. At The Project 423 is the new podcast, which eventually we'll do another episode, I guess, someday, somehow, some way. I don't know. I think those are just lyrics to a Nickelback song, as a matter of fact. That's it. I'm done. Goodbye. Have a good one. Bye.